this is Joe, and I am also here with Ben Moore from Brewdog Antarctica. Hello, how, how are you all? <laughs> Happy New Year, we're still working out whether we can say that yet. When is the cutoff? <laughs> Nobody knows. Before Christmas, Ben and I were lucky enough to go up to Aberdeen and to go to Ellen, and we interviewed James Watt. Um, it was very cold. Very we slippery. went on the bus. <laughs> it was very slippery. Uh, ben and I nearly died on the way to the to the office because this southern girl did not wear the right boots for Scotland. I need to learn that next time I go up there in the winter. <laughs> um, so we were up there. We went to James's new office. I believe that's right, isn't it, Ben? His yes, new office. Um, he used to be down um, just above the reception, but now he's uh, moved into the new building uh, above where the fixers, and uh, he's got a bigger office. Um, I believe he's got like a, a separate area with Martin, there's booths, it's, it's quite nice. The booths were lovely, That's, mm. I wasn't expecting that. So we were set up in a, in a booth as if we were in one of the bars. Um, we were offered a beer from the, the fanzine that was released before Christmas, which was mm. quite lovely. Um, which James also hadn't drunk, he said, while we were beginning our interview. So we mm. all shared beer and then we had a lovely chat about the highlights that he, you're about to hear coming up in 2020. Uh, so here is the first part for you all to enjoy. This is Joanne and I also have Ben Moore from Brewdog Antarctica with me. Hello. We are at Brewdog HQ in Ellen and we have the chance to talk to the wonderful James Watt about his highlights on what is coming in 2020. Good morning, James. Thank you for your time. Good morning. So we're in the future now, huh? We are, we are in the future. <laughs> this isn't... Future. We, we are in the future. This is going to come out mid-January. Okay, so mid-January means we're very excited about all the things we're going to do in 2020. What things are we going to do in 2020? What are you excited about? We're actually not going to do anything good in 2020. We've like done uh, all the good stuff now. Done. <laughs> <laughs> make adjunct laggers, sell them cheaply. <laughs> um, no, so 2020 is is maybe going to be one of the most pivotal years ever in our history. So we launched in 2007. We kind of evolved a lot in 2013. Uh, we're going to be evolving a lot in 2020. So we kind of evolve in these kind of six and a half, seven year cycles. So. Um, coming up very soon is new packaging, new visual direction, uh, which is almost locked in, which we're really excited about. I think it's an opportunity to grow the category, to get more people excited about what we do, to move things on. And the packaging that we've got at the moment, and I love, but we designed it for bottles when our business was in bottles, and now our business is in cans and can boxes. And every time we've gone away from the piece of pure design, it's gotten weaker and weaker. And I think the can boxes are not reflective of what we where they should be so we've completely changed our packaging but we're using this to evolve our purpose and our mission as well so we like to think we're going from um, Rebel to, to Maverick so Rebel smash systems and Mavericks build new things so we're almost going from punks with stunts to punks with purpose and still some stunts so 
Uh, we're launching the Tomorrow Charter, which is outlining a whole host of things that we do, but a kind of new sustainability focus. And we're evolving to become a B Corp, which is really important for us. So Patagonia is a famous B Corp and its companies at purpose and environment and staff and sustainability and community on an equal footing or even more important footing than, than profit. And I think that's a really important thing for us as a, as a business, as a community. Hopefully we can get it done and announce it live on stage at the AGM, um, which is exciting as well, which is going to be on 11th of April, but nobody knows that now. But since it's in the future, it's totally fine. <laughs> Book your tickets now, people. <laughs> That'll be on Twitter today. It's fine. We can, we, we can have that. Um, so that's exciting for us. Um, making beer in Australia um, in our new facility there, doing more and kind of expanding in the US, uh, doing more with overworks, doing more with distilling. Uh, also key focuses for us as well. Okay. What about AGMs other than in the UK? Where else are we, uh, we can have AGMs? We will have an AGM in America. We will have an AGM in Australia. We will have an AGM in Berlin. And we might have something which is like an AGM, but not quite. So maybe a Metro Mayhem at Dublin. Exciting. Any news on bar openings? Are we getting one in Kent? <laughs> um, so bar openings, we've been so busy getting all the bar open. Like in the last week, we've opened Swansea. Uh, we've opened Dublin. We opened the Tap Room and Hot Pub. So we've kind of been so busy caught up in that. We opened the Brisbane room as well which is which is stunning so it's, it's bizarre like at the moment the pipeline is quite sparse but the searching is quite intense so we're looking at locations in germany like in munich uh, but we do have a few confirmed things so confirmed in moscow confirmed in mumbai confirmed in shanghai but kind of closer to home um, a lot of searching but not too many concrete things in the in the near future um, and what about this new bar concept that's uh, coming out in London? So this this is the this is now mid January. So um, two weeks ago, um, <laughs> we opened our first ever alcohol-free beer bar, Dog AF, showcasing our amazing alcohol-free beers, but also our favourite other alcohol-free beers, and there's many good ones, but also other non-alcoholic things as well. So to make it look like a Dog bar, not quite. Um, two days ago, we went in and spray painted it from the roof down half white, which is either really cool or really messed up. Let's see. <laughs> Okay, we're just going to take a quick stop there. We would like to remind you that um, a really cool way to support us is by going to patreon.com slash brewdognews. The podcast is only possible with your kind donations through that platform. It's paid for a lot of the uh, the things that you've heard today, like the trip to Ellen to interview James, the uh, rental for all the uh, the microphones for the quiz that you heard in the previous episodes. And also uh, the way that you're listening to us now, the software, the uh, hardware, getting the microphones down to all the contributors. So it does really help and um, it can help us do a lot more cool things in the future. Uh, Right, I'll shut up for a second. We'll get back to our interview with James. Anything about beers that you want to tell us for 2020? Yes, so beer-wise, we have the Redudog Pale Ale at 4.2% coming out. Uh, We also have Hazy OG. We have a 9.2% hazy IPA coming out as well. Um, the Pog beer here is maybe a prototype for a beer that's coming out um, next year as well. <laughs> and we kind of want to do pockets of kind of exchanges between our different locations. So um, Germany's going to make some small batch special beers in keg, um, send them over to the UK, um, some beers over from Germany. And um, one of the beers that I'm most excited about we're doing, we're doing an 8% Vietnamese coffee stout, which is a nitro stout, which is a collaboration with Evil Twin, which is made in Columbus, filled with nitro widgeted cans and sent over. And that's going to be in sale in Tesco beside our Cloudwater IPA. And it's like 
Evil Twin, Nitro, <laughs> Vietnamese Coffee, Imperial Stout in a can. I guess I'm very, so very excited. Boxes. Yes, <laughs> all of the boxes. That sounds fantastic. That's going to be on my list. What about Brewdog TV? Brewdog TV is back. It's back. And now it doesn't cost people any money at all. Yay! <laughs> yeah. And we've got some fantastic content. We also bought back the old series of the show. So that is going to be on there as well. So all the amazing episodes from the episodes with Stone and Dogfish Head and Sierra Nevada. People can watch those as well. We're also making great new content like Martin Show Beer Geek Bucket List where they visit places like Russian River and Cloudwater and loads of others. Uh, Business for Punks where I speak to disruptive business innovators and we're also doing some other cool stuff as well. So delighted it's back, delighted it's free and it's a key part of our market and engagement content strategy going forward. Um, it would be very interesting to see how well that does on YouTube. It's, um, it seems to be turning heads already and uh, I can't wait to see how it evolves. It's, it's maybe what we should have done um, when we launched it the first time and maybe someone sitting about two feet away from me <laughs> told me that many, many times. <laughs> I think I counted five emails. <laughs> Five times, yeah. Uh, we got there and Thanks, Ben. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today. We're very excited for 2020 and we can't wait to go on this journey with you. Thank you very much. It's going to be a, a big year and like the thing that I love most about this company is the fact that we are part owned by a community of 130,000 equity punks. So thanks for being equity punks. Thanks for listening and uh, let's have the best 2020 ever. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So that was our interview with James. Um, Big thanks to James for taking time out to do that with us. So some interesting points there. Um, ben, what are your thoughts on we're moving, uh, Brewdog is moving from being a rebel to being a maverick and the new visual design that they're going to work towards? Yeah, it was quite interesting to hear him go through uh, his ideas for the new branding and why it's just more than a new visual direction. Um, I liked the fact that you know, he's kind of uh, appreciated that he's not the small, scrappy brewery that they used to be that can kind of get away with, like, messing around. And they, they need to be a bit more almost responsible, but still kind of poking the bear a bit. The new visual direction that he was talking about as well was quite interesting. The um, We've all seen, like, the can designs on the forum, but it goes a lot deeper than um, what he was initially putting out there with just posting the photos. It's uh, it's kind of seeing Brewdog grow up a little bit. And uh, again, I think that's uh, that can only be positive with some of the other things that he was speaking about as well. I think it's important to note that um, previously everything had been designed with bottles in mind. So it's got to evolve because the brand is just moving more towards cans like the industry is moving more towards cans so it's important that the business evolves in that direction as well of course i think um, it's i i really like they're moving to a sustainability model um i have looked into b corps but off the top of my head now i can't remember exactly what it is but i know it's a good thing um we'll get rob to look more into that and talk about that more yeah. have you looked into it into it ben yeah from what i understand um when you become a B Corp, you're basically stating that your company's got like a focus towards towards good, basically. That's oh, yeah. one of the like simplest forms of it. Like one of the uh, the big B Corps that came to James's mind was like Patagonia, where uh, they donate a lot of their money and uh, resources to um, environmental causes, as well as um, the core of their business being like uh, long lasting clothing and um, <clears throat> active wear. The fact that Brewdog are looking more into this can only be a good thing. Uh, a good example of a B Corp within the beer space is Toast, the um, oh yeah, the brewery that makes um, beer out of like waste bread. 
they they focus a lot of their time towards um, eliminating food waste. They're also looking at uh, funding people like uh, food banks, etc. So to see Brewdog kind of take that stance as um, a as big of brewery as they are is uh, is quite noble. Uh, I do hope that they do look more into becoming a B Corp. Um, I, I know it's a long and arduous process to get the certification, but you know if they if they do succeed, then uh, it can only show that. James was really noble with his intention to move that in that direction. That's got to open us up to a different, maybe different type of person that will become an EFP in of the course. long run. And it can only be a good thing, I think. Of course. And also it's bringing um, our customer base along for the ride as well. So um, when they understand what a B Corp is and why BrewDog have gone that way, you know, we might have some more like environmentally conscious um, customers as well. Brilliant. Uh, so we talk, he also mentioned other events. So there may be a Metro Mayhem style event in Dublin. I think we might need to get over to that one. I think that sounds brilliant. Um, and then talked about beers. So the Hazy Range, I know that will be a focus that Rob will be interested in. Um, we're going to have a four beer family there with super strength. So that's something to look forward to. Now, what I'm really excited about, and I know James was in that interview as well, was the 8% Vietnamese coffee stout they're doing with Evil Twin, which will be nitro in a can and sold at Tesco's next to the cloud water. That That is going to make not only Evil Twin, but a amazing stout available for a much wider audience. And mm. the cloud water one is sold so well. I think that's going to be absolutely brilliant for everybody. Absolutely. Um, he, he did say it was uh, being canned in the US with their existing uh, nitro um, canning system out there. So before anyone thinks that we're going to get uh, nitro um, JVH again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the exploding cans. But um, no, um, it, again, he was really excited about it. Um, Evil Twin, they're, um, they are still quite big in the UK, but they haven't really had any kind of breakout success for example, with the supermarkets, I think BrewDog are mm. kind of the right company to bring them in into Tesco's and uh, basically alongside the uh, Cloudwater collab was, uh, you know, it's a, it a genius move. I can't wait to see what it's going to do. Absolutely. I, just seeing Evil Twin in the supermarket, I think it's just going to be an amazing move. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I got to go and visit the new AFR. It's uh, quite light, um, quite quite a big space. I was expecting something a lot smaller for something experimental like that. A lot of people coming in and out uh, throughout the day, and um, it's got a full food menu. The beer selection, uh, even though it's all alcohol-free, is incredibly good. The uh, uh, Some of the taps are uh, experimental. There was uh, stuff from Big Drop that they're still testing out, I guess, because um, there hasn't been like a real push to um, release it nationwide, you know, trying to compete with like alcoholic craft beer with non-alcoholic craft beer is quite difficult so they can have a bit more fun uh, having their own bar to basically sell their kegs to and uh, have a bit of fun with uh, a lot of the people who came up were really interested to see what was going on with the the new beers seeing uh, different non-alcoholic producers uh, I got to try some incredible beer from Mikella completely alcohol free like Yuzu Sour that they were releasing really good lovely. Very good. And um, I got to speak with Big Drop and hear about their story, about how they started. Um, 
I got to try a um, an alcohol-free vanilla vanilla chocolate stout, I believe it was, that they brewed with Tiny Rebel. And again, you know, if someone had told me that there was no alcohol in there, you know, I wouldn't have believed them. It it had all the right tastes for a stout. It was had all the body. And, you know, people were sat drinking like halves of it because obviously the amount of flavour in there, you wouldn't want a whole pint of it. Obviously, the cost as well, if you were to have a whole pint, would be near about £9 or something. But, yeah, people just didn't seem to be bothered that, you know, they were drinking non-alcohol beer at uh, alcohol prices. It was um, it's quite nice to see. Uh, beer geeks who do regularly drink alcohol were uh, turning up just to see what it was like, and they left quite impressed. I was uh, really happy to be there for the festival. It was... Uh, yeah, a very interesting day out in London. The uh, the location's a bit hard to find, though. That's the only problem. Um, it's uh, in between two restaurants. You have to go down quite a lot of stairs to get there. And um, you you wouldn't know it was there unless someone told you, because uh, it's in the middle of uh, quite a long alleyway, almost, uh, between two office buildings. But other than that, it was, uh, it was a very good day out. I'm very impressed with what um, Geraldin did with the festival, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how long it survives as an alcohol-free bar. <laughs> Brewdog is saying that this is the first ever in the world alcohol-free beer bar. I don't know, I think mm. that's being contested, but I think it's brilliant yeah. for the brand. And not just, I hope it lasts past January because um, I think al- alcohol-free year in January, but I think it's going to be a big thing for consumers moving forward. And of course, for the whole of January, you get um, free refills in all of the Brewdog bars on their alcohol-free beers. So go and enjoy that in January while you can, everybody. Yeah. The problem is you don't know which one to pick for your free refills. <laughs> <laughs> True. Good. There's, um, again, it was just such an amazing selection. Um, I think it was, um, I'll have to double check, but I think it was uh, 16 taps. It wasn't just beer. They also had like kombucha. They had the uh, made for us zombie cocktail on and um, they had all the faux foxes. Oh, what was the other drink? The Blitz they had on. Um, peach, peach Popsicle. Uh, yes, they had Peach Popsicle. Um, and yeah, that seemed to be like one of the standouts for a lot of people visiting. Um, because they they were so used to like how the Raspberry um, the raspberry Blitz didn't really have like a mouthfeel. It was quite a watery drink. But the Faux Fox has the, um, the lactose sugars. So it's, it's got more body. And uh, I think the Peach Popsicle was going down a similar route with that. And uh, people were enjoying it a lot more. I tried the Peach Popsicle while we were at Ellen, actually, when we were at Dogtap, and it was phenomenal. Finally, Brewdog TV is now free, <laughs> and uh, I believe you had some thoughts on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've been emailing James since 2017 about online video. He's, he sent me plenty of products and um, sent me to plenty of things as a thank you for talking him through a lot of this my initial thoughts when he wanted to launch a, an online video service were put it on youtube uh, monetize it by promoting brewdog products and um, also look at making some like homegrown content to promote what brewdog are doing things like um, fanzine or the bottle boxes etc it did take him a while since uh, hiring tom redding uh, who worked for red bull as um one of their heads of content he's he's come around to the idea of putting it all on youtube which is fantastic it, it really helps us spread the brewdog message um what they're about brewdog tv sorry the brewdog show was uh 
a great way of getting people involved in the US when you know they didn't really have much of an output out there. Now that it's all available for free on YouTube, well, it will be eventually. It's all slowly uploading at the moment. I think it can only do good things. My one drawback uh, is the way that they've been promoting it so far on Facebook. They've been posting videos without really any context and people have thought it was a weird marketing gimmick from BrewDog. I I think if there was like a a central place where people could watch all the videos, so making the YouTube the central location for people to watch the full content, I think would be the next logical step. But, you know, they're still learning and uh, they're still experimenting with what online video means at BrewDog and uh, I hope to see them, you know, putting it all on YouTube. I think that's uh, probably the best, best option for them. I'm going to be honest and say I've not seen any of the BrewDog TV stuff, so I'm going to have to go and have a look at that now. The um, the BrewDog show is just basically them brewing beer in the stupidest way possible, and uh, <laughs> it's good fun. It's good fun to watch. <laughs> I'll see if I can get some tips for my home brewing. <laughs> okay, well, I hope you all enjoyed that interview, and it was very informative to you. Um, ben, where can people find you if they would like to chat to you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at BD Antarctica. Um, I'm on the forum as BM1991, BenM1991. Uh, and you can find me on the forum. I'm Joanne Love Beer, and I'm on Instagram as A Woman's Brew. Uh, we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.